Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the pre-production meeting. I'm your co-host, Josh Urquhart. Wait, you're the co-host? I thought oh, I was we're, the co-host. We're both co-hosts. Okay, I am second co-host, Daniel Kagol. <laughs> and welcome to episode 29 of the pre-production meeting. Like I just said, this is the pre-production meeting. The pre-production meeting. Um, what this podcast is, is a walkthrough podcast with myself, Dan, and Austin. Um, and we are walking through our process of creating our next three films whilst also having a little chat about cinema. This is cinema. This podcast is cinema. Dan, how are you this week, my friend? I'm absolutely mediocre. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, right. no, I'm, I'm good. How are you, Josh? Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm good. A lot of stuff has gone on this week. Um, a lot, a lot to talk about uh, in this podcast. We um, I think we're at about like 36 days until my shoot. Um, so as you can imagine, things are starting to ramp up, um, and things are happening and I've kind of reached a point now where it's all about kind of like, I've done what I need to do and now it's up to the heads of the department to kind of, uh, do what they need to do to get ready for shoot day. But there's a lot to, um, there's a lot of decisions being made, a lot of problems that have come up and a lot of solutions that have been found. Um, but still there's a lot to do, um, in the 30 30 or so days before shoot so it's um it's a bit stressful but i think the last couple podcasts i've been a bit stressed because i haven't really known you know what's you know what we're gonna do what's been going on and stuff like that but i've had a couple meetings this week to kind of you know dissipate that stress so i i i now know how certain things are gonna go on date on the shooting day and I know, you know, how many extras I definitely need and what I got to do before shooting to make sure my stress levels are at an all-time low. But other than that, what have you been up to, my friend, this week? I've been... So, progress on the script has... Oh. Well, it's, it's jumped forward, but it's okay. also slowed down at the okay. same time. So, sure, 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 I can sure. proudly say that I have actually started writing the script. No way! Yep, so I'm about oh, fuck. six pages in. Basically, what happened is I'm still in that development stage. Sure. But I just had this one scene that I was just bursting to write. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it all away. Say some for the progress, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also the script that will likely bursting be the... The proof of concept. Like oh. it's, it's just a particular scene that sort of encapsulates the, the film, the essence of the film and everything. Um, a lot of the boys have been doing a bit of writing this week, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wrote that one six-page scene. I just have that. And then I know, like I've been planning out what's going to happen before that scene and then how the arc of the film happens after. Nice, nice. And I've sort of been processing and just thinking and... I've had my head in the in the zone for like a few weeks now, which yeah, is good. a really good place That's to be because I've, good, mate. I've yeah. just been, you know, watching films. I've just been listening to podcasts, yeah, uh, film podcasts. Yeah, basically, or I just listen to repeats of this. There's podcast this really else. good film podcast yeah. called Pre-Production. I, I don't know sucked. if you heard of it, but like, uh, I mean, hey, they're pretty inspiring. Um, yeah, and reading books and stuff. I would actually like to recommend a few. Let's do it. So I've been reading The Anatomy of Story by John Truby. Okay. Okay. So before that, um, I'd recommend Save the Cat, and that's the first. Yep. Book I yep. Read. We all know of Save the Cat. Yep. yep. So that's a very basic one, but what it does give you is a good um, structure and outline for like writing writing a first basic script. Sure. Which is always good to like. Everyone, a lot of people have the argument, oh, you can, you know, you don't have to uh, comply to those rules. You yeah. Can break the rules. I have something to say. Yeah. Sorry, However, I think you need to know the rules in oh. order to break them. So it's a oh. really good starting point. Okay, so Dan. I think nice. that's a good book to read first up. 
And then Anatomy of Story is a little bit more complex, but it's really good because it goes into the philosophy of storytelling a little bit more. Cool, yeah. Um, but again, I've noticed with that book that there are things that, you know, things that you can take and then things that you can leave. As Correct. Well. You, yeah. you're, you're using these as me guys to create your own, yeah. like, structure and style. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there another book that Austin had? Yeah, I haven't read that one though. Okay, I don't know what's called The yeah. Basics of Screenwriting. Yeah, we'll have to ask him next sure. time he's on. Um, and then podcasts, I've been listening to Script Notes with um, John August and Craig Mazin. Okay. Craig Mazin did, uh, what's it called? Last of Us. Right. Yeah. Um, and sure. He did Chernobyl as well. He wrote that yes. as well. Yes. Yep, yep, um, yep, So they're very good writers and they just talk about their process and like answer fans' questions mm. and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's informative. Mm-hmm. Um. The A24 podcast is really good as well. Yeah, right. They, okay. They get together different actors or actors and filmmakers who have worked on A24 projects and just get them to talk about projects. Usually they get sure. two people who haven't worked on the same project together, but their most recent episode was with Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix talking hey. about um, working on Bo is Afraid, which I will touch upon later. Yeah, I you will. It. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing I love about Ari Aster is. He's so open. Like I love, it. I love his films. I love him as a creative, but sure. I also love him as a person. Like listening to his interviews, he always he's very honest and talks about um, how he panics and like you know freaks out on the films that he's Everybody's working on. Everybody's human. Stuff like that. Yeah, which For is sure, you know, very relatable, and it's yeah. it's good to hear that as an aspiring oh, artist sure. and filmmaker because yeah. you know sometimes you get in your own head and you sort of might think that you're alone in mm. that. So just to hear other people who are, you know, doing very well in the industry who have those moments of panic as well is yeah, quite man. reassuring. 100%. Yeah. Um, so I've just been doing a lot of research, um, writing slowly. And over time, I've had little ideas that have just come to me and I sort of sort of twist the ideas in my mind and think, sure. how can this apply to the script? And I've thought of like <coughs> deeper backstories for the characters. Nice, a little bit. So nice, it's like nice. That slow process of just finding out what ideas I can slot into it. And I've like got a big overarching theme, which I don't want to talk too much about yet. Sure. I'll probably talk about more in um, future podcasts. Amazing. Of, of the story, like the Amazing. heart of the story cool. and philosophy itself. Yep, yep, yep. But it's a theme and a philosophy that I think is quite relevant to people today. And okay. I think I have... Um, some interesting things to say about it. So. Fuck yeah, Dan. Yeah. That's good, man. It sounds like a good week. I, I know what you mean about like you've been in the zone for the last couple of weeks. That's been me for the last, oh, I don't know, last two years almost. Like yeah. there was a point where I just, where me and Austin, you know, it's why we started this podcast. We've touched on it before. We're like in this dump of like no motivation, no inspiration or whatever. And then it's it just switched when we started this podcast that, you know, I was, in the zone well that's the thing right i found that it happens organically because mm. you start doing one thing like that happened um with me with the podcast as well like yeah. i started hopping on here with you guys and then i found that my i wanted to write more and then i wanted to watch more movies and listen to more and you just find yourself getting engrossed once you have that one thing that sort of puts you back into the zone exactly so, mate it all just comes together 100 percent. and then you just you start watching more movies you yeah. start listening to podcasts you start reading books and Everything, you take a little of inspiration from everyday life, everything. Um, and I just want to touch on, so the the books in which you were talking about and um, the every, um, so uh, I don't know if you guys, well, you de- guys definitely don't know, but Austin came to us this week with the possible new project that I don't want to touch on because that's kind of his thing to tell um, for next week. And like we all gave him advice and stuff like that. 
um, I I sent him like a 13 minute voice message yesterday and I was like a bit scared with how he's going to take it. But I think we've reached this point in our, in our friendship where we both like, we, we both know we want what's best for yeah, each other. And he knows I'm not shitting on anything. He knows that like, I want him to do the best that he can. Yeah. And um, I won't go into exactly what I told him because that's like private, but like a big thing when it comes to story and uh, I'll touch on this is, and uh, it would touch on the books as well. There's only so much you can take from these books. In my head, how I see it is, yes, you're right. You learn the structure, you learn the basics, the fundamentals of screenwriting. But I truly believe if you know the fuck out of your characters, if you know the fuck out of your themes, your story, you do all the research, which I've told you, I pride myself in is doing so much preparation work beforehand and get to know your story. Everything will come naturally on the page, right? But it's still helpful to know those fundamentals, which I have taken from, you know, screenwriting class in um, uni and stuff. And I think a big thing... But you also still believe in structure and outlines and oh, stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. right? And you get those from those books and stuff like that. But in terms of like... Because his big thing was on dialogue. Yeah. And you can't really teach dialogue as much as you think you can. Yeah. You've got to know your characters. And the moment your characters start having conversations in your head, yeah. that's the moment you know you're ready to write. And well, I think... There's also different styles of dialogue, right? Like you know, <coughs> Aaron Sorkin, for example. Every character yeah. sort of talks like him and has that distinct style yeah, which he's yeah. created and that's fine that's one thing but that's what i mean you got to find your own style exactly because other people write <coughs> characters that I, I actually really like this where each character sounds very different like they're yeah. from another yeah movie yeah. or anything for sure i just i really like that it feels the most human to me because in real life 100%. everyone speaks differently everybody speaks differently there is one more thing it's it even comes down to things like genre yeah because your genre is going to determine how yeah. your characters speak it's yeah, everything has to connect back to the overall story and yeah theme. but it, it, even more than before i've like noticed this week how important and just seeing austin's script is like how important it is to do preparation oh, yeah. before you start writing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, some people actually, they 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 love it when they just write and the story comes to them. And that's cool if that works for you. I can't do that. I have to prepare the fuck out of it before I even start writing. I think an issue that we're facing is that a lot of people think that that's default now because people like Tarantino say, oh, you know, I just start writing and I figure it I out as I go. Yeah, but that's right. the exception. That's why Tarantino's moment. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety nine. He's a crazy genius. Ninety nine percent of writers don't do that. Yeah, they have yeah, a lot of yeah. prep before they go into it, and you can't yeah. just base, you know, your strategy off one person. You know, exactly. Everyone has their own process. And um, it was really interesting because you were talking about podcasts, and I was listening, and I think I put in the chat yesterday. The Russos have their own like it's called Pizza Film School, where they get a filmmaker, they eat pizza. And they talk about their process yeah. in relation to, you know, if nobody, if not everybody has the access to film school, the funds to go to film school. So they're going to get as many directors in to talk about their process on how they do filmmaking from start to finish. And they got, they had Zack Snyder on this week who I love and respect Zack Snyder. You know who else loves Zack Snyder? Manny. See, I can't tell if he's being serious <laughs> or not, brother. Yeah. Because I genuinely love Zack Snyder. I'm not a yeah, Snyder yeah. cultist like that. Just like he's you, not, you know who they are. He's like. not my favorite, but I even have to agree that he's quite talented. He like. is, and he has his own distinct voice. It's not for everybody, yeah. You, yeah. you know. He has his own style, but um, it was really interesting. <coughs> and I've heard this with Ryan Johnson as well. Just seeing how much they prepare, and you start to go, you know, connect it to your ways of filmmaking, and it's like 
wow, you know, there is a lot of crossover even to, with these big directors and you're like, okay, I think I'm on the right kind of track. Um, you're talking about podcasts that you listen to, um, film podcasts. Yes. I'll drop some recommendations as well. So I listen to The Weekly Planet. Um, they're just like a little film comedy podcast where they talk about films and trailers and all that shit and comic books and stuff. I uh, listen to Happy, Sad, Confused. Yeah, I started listening yeah, to Yeah, with Josh, um, Josh Horowitz. It's and good, but there's on. so many ads. Yeah, I know, I know. And <laughs> but he's like, he has really good guests. He, has like he does. He has everybody. So I really like him. And then I listen to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit, which okay. is more like director-based. Yeah. Um, their latest one. Oh, no, they have heaps of people, but le- like they had Michael B. Jordan on to talk about Creed and stuff like that. Um, but, <coughs> yeah, I think... Um, I think it's really good that you're being inspired and stuff like that because I I'm 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 lucky and I'm privileged that I have felt like that for more than a year now and the motivation and inspiration is definitely there and it's something that needs to be there if you want to create a film because it's a long process and um I think it's really important to have that and to have those outlets and know those outlets which can inspire you like that um is always important and hopefully you guys at home can l- hear you know our recommendations and you know how we stay on top of our motivation and stuff and hopefully you can get inspired too um but yeah anyways should we move on to the wrap-up of the week let's do it let's do it dan what have you been watching this week my friend i haven't watched too much much too much well (laughs) the other night on saturday night i was um bit bored well (laughs) (laughs) i was working that day and then i came home and i was supposed to be filming that night as well but that got cancelled so Mm -hmm. i was just at home and i was like I'm going to flick on a movie. Sure. I asked the boys for recommendations. Mm-hmm. They gave me a few. And I tried to watch three different movies. And I got like 20 minutes through each of them. And I was just like, nah. It was just one of those nights where like my attention span was not there. A lot of the times now when I try to do something, I actually start thinking about my own films. Yeah. Oh, that happened to me this week. Yeah, I'll get yeah, on to that. Because you're, yeah, you're just yeah. so in that zone all the time. As soon as you get a moment to like relax your mind, you just it starts wondering. Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to play... Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 remastered. Yeah, and the download file. Yeah, the download file was like 24 gigabytes, so it took an hour to download. And then when it was finally done, I was just looking for Team Deathmatch. I just want the basic, Mm. you know, the original flavor. I don't want any of those weird flavors. Just Team Deathmatch. Sure. I couldn't find it. Apparently it's there. My brother told me it's there, but I couldn't find it. I had the same problem when I played COD the other week as well. I couldn't find Team Deathmatch. Yeah, all I could find was Battle Royale. Mm. I played one match of that, and it's just... Fortnite basically yeah like, and you like you die and then you have to wait like 10 minutes for the next round I'm like no nah, this sucks so I turned mm. it off but anyway back to what I actually did watch is I went to the cinema and saw Bo is Afraid yes and that was um I really liked it I I am a huge fan of Ari Aster I know you are yeah yeah um he's one of your favorite directors would you say definitely he's definitely like top three at the moment cool yeah yep. um and this was definitely his weirdest film yet. Nice. It's more surreal than the other films. More than Midsummer. Yeah, because Midsummer's like disturbing and okay. weird and stuff. But this is more surreal in the sense nice. of like what the heck is happening kind of thing. You like know everything I mean? everywhere all the ones kind of. No, like, like have you watched um, like David Lynch films? Have you seen like... Um, Se- did he do Seven? Is it Sunset Boulevard? Mm, no, the, the film... Those films that are really like they don't follow a normal sense of logic like other films. I'm gonna be crucified for this. He didn't do seven, hey. No, that was no, Fincher. That's, that's Fincher. Oh. Uh, similar names, David. Yeah, Lynch, David Lynch, David know. Fincher. I was no, um surreal films are just they're more abstract. Like I guess Eternal Sunshine what was Oh, it? Eternal Spotless 
Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless, Spotless Mind. Mind. Yeah, yeah. That like it? that's more. Str- have you seen that? I do. I love that. Film. Yeah, you know how that's more. Um, it starts getting really abstract and stuff. Yeah. So that's surrealist. It's just cool. things that are more abstract that don't really fall into the realm of reality as yeah. we know it as much. Um, so that this film, Bo is Afraid, is very much like that. Cool. Which you sort of have to go in with an open mind. You know, <laughs> not everyone's gonna love it. It's got like mixed reviews, yeah. but. I loved it. And the thing is, I loved the first act the most because it really encapsulates... The the premise of the film is it's about this man played by Joaquin Phoenix, who's amazing in it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's basically just trying to get to his mother, but he's so anxious about everything going on. Like every time he leaves the house, he just sees crazy things happening. No way. But just the way that they um, show that anxiety is like, it's... I've never seen... So creative and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Because... It's hard to explain. Like, <laughs> there's a scene where he's he's he takes uh, this medication, and then on the medication it says um, you need to drink it with water, and he doesn't have water. And he's like ah, he's like trying to make himself throw up. It's like really like exaggerated. Sure, and sure. then he like sees across the road there's a supermarket with water. Yeah, <laughs> and he sees like a crowd outside, and like all the people are just going crazy. Yeah, like, the yeah, people yeah, outside yeah, the street. Yeah. Um, and at this point, it's one of these things you don't know whether it's sort of something that's happening in his head, or Ooh, if it's I like those movies, or yeah. if it's like actually happening in the reality of that world. But then I think in surreal films, it reaches a point where it's all one and the same, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. at first you go, oh, like yeah, th- this is happening in his head. Like someone will be screaming at him, and you think, oh, like maybe that person's actually you know talking to him yeah. calmly, but he just interprets it as this person yeah. screaming. Like there's a there's, there's a scene where a cop is like trying not to shoot. He's like, "Don't make me do this! I don't want to shoot." Yeah. Me. He's like, oh. But like you know, maybe in reality the cop is just like, "Sir, calm down." You know I, what I mean? That's funny because Joaquin Phoenix has been in a couple of those, like he the has. Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's it's the exact same yeah, kind of exactly premise right. of perspective and yeah. how you. But the thing is, as the film goes on, it starts to go into areas where you can't really. Um, there's no like real life equivalent of it. Okay. If that makes yep, sense. Yep, so yep, it's just it like this whole, and when a film goes into that territory, it's hard to sort of analyze it in the same way that you would analyze a normal. Sure. Film, if that makes right, sense. Cause yep. it's not oh, sur- surrealist films are so hard because when it's just random things happening, where, what is the basis to say this is good or this is bad? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, I think the only real um, way that you can analyze it is by saying, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. And how right? did it make you feel? Um, it's all sorts of feelings. It's yeah. like, it's very, you're just like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. But I think when that's intended, mm. then the filmmaker's done a good job. Sure, right? 100%, yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, there's parts where you're just laughing because it's so ridiculous. There's parts where you're like, whoa. Like yeah. All, all, it's all over the spectrum. And I love movies mm. like that where they can make you, they can take you on a roller coaster. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think there's a there's a difference between, um you know, films that are intended to make you feel like what the fuck is happening compared to films that are just confusing because they're bad. Yeah, and that's it. It's all about the intention. And yeah. you've got to ask yourself, what was the filmmaker intending to do here? Yeah. And I think Ari Aster's intention was to actually make people think, what the heck am I watching? Yeah. Right? Whereas, you know, if he wasn't trying to do that, then I would say the film is bad or it's not sure. reaching its full potential. But I think it's like when you when you go to watch a Marvel movie, right, and it's <coughs> good fun. Well, yeah. then, like, the movie's fulfilled its purpose, right? Yeah. And that makes it good in and of exactly. itself. And then if you, sure. don't, if you don't like it, that's just your subjective yes. taste. That's not the movie being exactly. bad, right? Sure. So, What would you yeah. give Bo's Afraid out of five? I think on Letterboxd they gave it four out of five. Yep. 
That's decent. His other films, I think I gave Hereditary like a four and a half and Midsummer yeah. a five. Like I just I oh, love I gave them. Midsummer a five as it's well. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. But interesting because I recommended Midsummer to one of my friends and he watched it. And he was saying it was, um, he actually didn't like how disturbing it was. Mm. He was like, oh yeah, it ruins rewatchability for me because it's just like, it makes me uncomfortable to watch. And I'm like, that's why I like it. It's yeah. like when you go on a roller coaster and you f- you get that feeling yeah. and then you're like, I want to go on it again. For sure. I, just, I love when, when a filmmaker can make you feel a certain uh, And that feeling. was the intent. Yeah. To fucking disturb the shit out of you. Exactly I think right. the best thing about that movie is the shock factor. And yeah. That disturbedness 100%. of the film. I love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Like the people I've showed it to, like I've said on the podcast before, just to like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Ari Aster, man. He's a generational yeah. talent. What else have you seen? What is that about it? Um, th- I think that's like, oh, I watched like another episode of Beef. Yeah. Oh, my girlfriend wanted to start watching that. Yeah, it's mm. like, it's all right. It's all right. That's I don't really right. have too much else to say about <laughs> sure. it. It's just like, a, it's a decent show. Sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah. Fair. All right. Well, do you mind if I start going Go on to it. what I've seen? So I'm trying to think of TV shows. I, I'm continuing to watch the new season of Ted Lasso, yeah. which is quite good. Um, I think it might be the final season. Not really much to say on that. I'm trying to think if there's any other TV shows that I started. I started rewatching. Um, not rewatching properly, but like um, I was with my girlfriend's family the other night, and um, we were looking for something to watch, and I we started watching Peacemaker. Oh yeah, and oh man, that show is just fucking fantastic. Have you watched it multiple times? Or? No, no, this is my first rewatch kind okay, of of it, yeah. like with the family and whatnot. Um, I still haven't seen. It. I need to watch it. The intro is the best <laughs> intro. I have ever seen in any t- any TV show, any movie, and it's the one intro that I do not press skip intro. Yeah. I'm there doing the fucking moves. That with was them, me bro. with The Last of Us because I love the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, the Game music. of Thrones as well. Yep, the intro. Yeah. Hundred all the HBO shows. Fucking Peacemakers on HBO binge for us, yeah. but it was a HBO show. Um, HBO intros here different, my friend. They do. Okay, so what films have I seen this week? You ask. Well, my friend. Um, well, actually, the last two weeks because we didn't film last week. I saw Air. Ooh, was it good? Very, very, very good. Uh, the story about uh, how the shoe, um, Air Jordan, came along. Um, I think anything with Affleck and um, Damon, it's going to be a hit. And Affleck nailed it again. I really love Affleck's style. Apparently they've been in like nine movies together. Yeah, dude, they're a fucking force to be reckoned with. And I love Affleck's direction and writing and just any, I know any film with them that they're in, the writing is going to be fucking phenomenal. And um, it was just a simple, you know, good, low low budget i mean excluding the actors fees um low budget film it was just yeah i don't really have anything else to say it was just fucking it was a good good film sorry by myself so is it just sort of them the fuck was that <laughs> is it just sort of them designing the show and so like what, what is, yeah what is see that's a, it's like you can't i didn't really know what to expect going into it. i'm like okay yeah what's the film going to be about what them creating the fucking shoe it's about basically like about them like convincing um, Michael Jordan to come into Nike because back in that day, like Nike was like bottom of the food chain when it came to like basketball shoes. Like you had Converse, you had Ad- uh, Adidas, what they fucking say, Adidas, um, which was the leading things. And there was like the story was like Michael Jordan loved Adidas, a fucking Adidas from um, such a young age. 
Um, and he was like, like growing up, like, I'm going to sign with Adidas. I'm going to sign with Adidas. I'm going to sign with Adidas. And Nike had no basketball shoes back then. They just had runners and joggers. So they weren't known for anything like that. And it was just like all the odds were stacked against Nike for ev- to even get a fucking meeting. And Michael Jordan always said growing up, he would never even take a meeting with Nike. Like he would take a meeting with Converse, or but Nike, not nah, off the yeah, table. Wow. So it was about the process of like Nike coming into their own and kind of convincing Jordan and his family, mostly his mum who's played by Viola Davis, um, to come on board and get a meeting and then, you know, basically convincing them to jump on board Nike in the trials and tribulations that they go to to do so. Isn't it crazy um, to think that there was a time when Nike wasn't what it is now? Exactly, man. Like, that's what I was thinking. Well, back then they were nothing. Yeah. Nothing, mate. Converse above them. Converse. Really? Converse, wow. bro. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I think it was Converse. I was going to say, has Converse been around as long as... No, I think it was Converse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Anyways, besides the point. But, and I want to touch on this because you touched on this earlier as well. When I went to see that movie, School Holidays was still on. And um, this is going to be a clip because I this, this fucking grinds my gears, Daniel. <laughs> Kids in a movie theatre, right? That go in there for the... For fuck knows what reason, they're just in there to cause havoc. They're there snapping away at their fucking their Snapchats and bro, every second it's like, oh fuck, there's lightning in the cinema. Oh no, sorry. It's just the kid next to me's fucking flashlight because they're taking of their mate fucking selfie in the they're cinema. Taking photos in the cinema. In the cinema, brother. Oh my god. They're just laughing, they're talking at the top of their lungs. It's not like they're like you got the 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 dickhead kids that just go in there just to cause a ruckus because they're yeah. there. But then you got the dickhead kids that go and sit there that just talk and don't watch the movie. I'm like, yeah. the whole time I'm like looking back to see if I'm going to be flashed in a second and they're not even watching the movie. They're on the phones talking. I'm like, what's the fucking point of going to the cinema if you're just going to be there talking to your friends on your phone the whole time? Yeah. Is it what? Is it like a waiting bay? What, you're paying $22 to go see a fucking movie and sit in there and just like be in your phone? inconsiderate of other people as well it is and like like i i um i don't understand but like i i think uh, i wasn't really but i like have been that kid back in the day where they just go in and like shout mm, penis penis like you know in the cinema and shit like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like back in the day so like sure i get that but like the ones that piss me off the most like fine yeah you're a dickhead get out of the cinema but the ones that piss me off the most is the people that come in there and are there taking photos yeah and like Snapchats of each other. Oh my God, at the cinema or whatever. It's yeah. like, why are you here? Yeah. You could be doing that outside, but you come into a cinema where the whole thing is to watch the fucking movie yeah. and you're there on Snapchat the whole time talking and it takes me out of the movie. Yeah. I get taken out of the movie so easy by things, whether that's shit dialogue or whatever. I don't need fucking kids in the back fucking screaming and... Yeah. Oh, it's just, it. it it's one of my The thing pet is, you start getting angry and then that's all you can focus on? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I cannot stand it. It is one of my biggest icks yeah. of life. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's fucking stupid. Anyways, beside the point. I went and then saw Pope's Exorcist um, oh, yeah. the other night. And um, it was funny because talking about getting taken out of the film, um, I got taken out of the film because I had an idea about my film. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, Pope's Exorcist got nothing to do with my fucking film, but in the middle of it, because it just, just, my film's been on my mind, like, 24 fucking 7 lately. Yeah. And I think that morning we were talking about, like, scheduling and shit like that. And um, I had an idea to do with scheduling in the middle of the movie. And I'm like, 
oh shit. And I start thinking over and over. I'm like, okay, this could work. This could work. All right. And then I start checking my phone. When's this movie got to finish? I got to text Lexi. I got to text, you know, Lucas or whatever. I got to like let them know about this idea. This might work, whatever. And I took, fucking took me out of the movie for like a little bit, but then I kind of like, you know, got back in it. But I was yeah. just like super excited to kind of like, I had no idea. I need to fucking tell them to see if it would work. Um, do so, you, do you zone out in movies a lot? Yeah, or? yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I which, don't, which sort of upsets me a little bit because I'm like, I love movies I, so much. I feel like I'm disrespecting. Yeah, them, but like, yeah. I have different versions of zoning out. I yeah. sometimes zone out when it's just a long, fucking boring ass movie and doesn't seem to go anywhere. Yeah. But then I zone out for because I'm distracted by kids at the back of the cinema or I'll zone out because I have an idea for my film. Those are the three really only types of ways that I zone out. Um, But the movie itself was pretty good. Um, I think they were trying to create some kind of universe from this. Um, Like they kind of like vaguely set up for future movies if it was to get like really successful, which I don't think it has. But it's still pretty good because I listened to um, a podcast – uh, where they had, I think it was Happy Sack and Fuse and they had Russell Crowe on it and just talking about like how this got made and like it was like a younger director and Russell Crowe's coming on and, you know, just kind of all these demands that Russell Crowe can do now that he's reached like the level that he is and, you know, he's there only for 12 hours or 10 hours on set and then he goes straight away. They can't contact him outside of it. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's just really, really interesting and, yeah. you know, I respect it. He's, he's um he, I think he out of everybody deserves to, you know, the stature that he is and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when and you're at that level, you can sort of make those demands. And exactly. Like, Look, if you want me at my best, this is what it's going to take. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, really respect it. It's a good film. It's about the um, uh, chief exorcist um, of the Vatican back in, I think it was like 1987 or whatever, and he basically goes around and does exorcisms. And, uh, you know, he then eventually comes to um, this case that he has to go and do and he realises the demon is a bit stronger than all the other ones and not only does he have to fight that demon, but he has to fight his own inner demons as well. Mm. Anyways, I'll leave you with that. Um, I is gave... It, uh, sorry, is it CGI heavy or not? Really? No, not at all. Oh, cool. Not Sweet. at all. Um, I don't even think there's any CGI in the film. Oh, from okay. my cool. Yeah, it's all like... Oh, man, there's like... I won't spot, but yeah, no. There's yeah, no okay. CGI whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Air, I gave four and a half, I think. Um, it was just a really good movie and I respect the fuck out of it. Yeah, Air, I gave four and a half and Pope yep. Sexist, I gave three and a half. Nice. But yeah, so it was a pretty good uh, week because I haven't had that much time to watch stuff yeah. lately. So um, yeah, it was a good week of watching stuff. Anyways, let's get on to the progress of the week. Dan, you go first because I have quite a bit to talk about, my friend. Um. Didn't we already touch on this before a little bit? I was a little bit, but is there anything you can build on? I'm trying to think of what else I can add to it because, yeah, mainly it's just been me, you know, staying in that zone. <laughs> I've I've been doing um, other work outside of my own, like working on other people's short films. How's that been going? Good. Like I'm assistant directing on a film that's coming up in a few weeks and helping with a few extra things, like just uh, bring a few crew members on board sure. and stuff like that, and just you know organizing little things. Um, and that's been good. Um, it can be stressful because... I know all about the life of an AD. Yeah, it's... Um, they're trying to do a lot in a short amount of time, which is most films. But um, <laughs> yeah, you sort of just have to... The the producer, my good friend, Ed Watson. Hello, Ed. I know you're probably listening to Shout this. out Ed Watson. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Absolute cracker producer. Yeah, cool. So having him is really good because he's you know great with communication. He'll give me a ring every... 
a couple days or so and then we'll just like talk over things and just having that um communication with your crew mm-hmm. just makes it so much easier to keep things organized for sure check in see where everyone's at if anyone's stressed you know you can sort of figure things out together mm-hmm. it's just it's a it's a good place to be yeah cool so and i think you need that on on a film where you know it's quite ambitious if no one's talking to each other and there's a lot happening then it starts to feel like the walls are closing in yeah. a little bit so it's really good that we have a good crew and the, of course. the actual crew like you know the, the guys who are directing i've worked with the um directors and the dop before and they're amazing guys very talented so i'm super excited for this project what project is it are these guys from aftt no 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 i've i met them on another film set where i was a pa <laughs> okay so, yeah i don't want to talk too much about the project itself in case they don't want me sure, to talk about for it sure, for sure for sure short yeah it's yeah it's a short yeah. um but it's a long short it's about 20 minutes Okay. So, and we want to shoot it in about two days, so. You're fucked. Yeah. Oh, three days, actually. What's the premise? Um, well, again, I don't want to say too much. I, I think I can say, like, the basic premise. Okay. Which is about um, this guy that works at a jazz bar, and it's sort of, um, I think, kind of Birdman style or, um, what else? A whiplash sort of inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy that works at a jazz bar, and he just has some colleagues he works with that sort of put him down and um he's just sort of struggling with his own ambitions to want sure. more out of life and then it, it gets a little bit more surreal and abstract towards the end uh, of it but it's him lots of you know one one takes and like sure um you know those shots that like the birdman sort it, of shots yeah. taking you through the environment and stuff which is a lot of you know me as first ad i'm gonna have to bring on um a second ad maybe maybe even a third because there's gonna be some choreography with extras and things like that and that you know thinking of that is can be a little bit stressful but you know we'll, we'll, we'll tackle it we'll be sweet for sure that's um it sounds like a federico anderson film it does yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> bar, so, fucking yeah. uh no nah, that's hectic man is it yeah. just that one film that you're you're on at the moment you're on a couple um and then i'm just doing other things like you know how i mentioned i was helping warner bros yeah how yes. was that? good mm-hmm. um so i i'm helping them again this week uh-huh. so i helped them yesterday and then tomorrow just move more stuff from their offices nothing where are they based um where's their office it's not actually Warner Bros, is it? Or is it an office? It's like their television sure. department, okay. I think. Um, just the office where they do, I don't know. They have, when we go in there, they have all whiteboards from their different shows that have, like, the writers have been writing stuff. So I think they actually do sure. a lot of their pre-production there. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, just moving. I think they're in, oh, I don't want to get this wrong because it's, like, Artarman, I think. Okay, yeah, cool. And it's like, the two locations aren't that far from each other, like, 10-minute drive. So yeah, cool. You know, we just... We had a van yesterday, me and this other guy, and yeah. then um, just drove back and forth taking stuff. And yeah, good stuff. Yeah, are you making like contacts or anything, or trying to like yeah, find yeah. the right people to it's talk to? Like when I'm basically just a removalist at this point, so sure. I'm not meeting heaps of people yet. But the people I'm meeting, you always try and just have a good interaction with people, and you never know what's going to happen. So you never know. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. Is there anything else you want to touch on on the progress and stuff like that? Not particularly, because I already more or less talked about talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have too much else to report. So yeah, that's about it. So how many pages are you in on your script though? Six. Six. Yeah. Okay. And what's your you've done all? Oh, the I, sorry. There's one thing I want to go touch on. I um, I was sort of debating whether to make my protagonist likable or an unlikable protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um. And at first I made her unlikable because I thought it would be more... It just it just made sense with how the plot was developing in my mind at that time. Cool. But now I've decided to make her likable to give her a greater arc. 
So the idea is that she, uh, I think I, I've s- said the basic premise, which is that like she gets kidnapped by this psychotic magician and then starts to like fall into his underworld kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in order to um, give greater contrast and make her art her arc more significant, mm-hmm. instead of having her unlikable and making her get into that underworld, I made her likable and then she becomes nice. twisted as things go through. Ha- have you got a title yet? I know w- the working title is the, like the working title is still the title, yeah. Murder magician. Murder yeah. magician. That's still the the working. So you the, don't the have. F- a yeah, no. Title I don't yet. really think about titles until it either comes to me naturally or the end of the project because sure. it's hard to give a title to a project that's unfinished. You don't know how it's what it's going to become. You know. Sure. Hundred percent. I mean? so yeah. Good stuff, my man. What would you rate your week out of ten then? Um. Well, technically, it's the past two weeks because we, sure. we didn't do a pod. past two um, weeks. Yeah. Maybe. In terms of overall, like, film industry stuff, probably, like, a seven and a half. Yeah, cool. So yeah, That's good. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, are you ready for this? Yes, let's go. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that has happened the last two weeks. Like I said, we're about 30-odd days out from shooting. Um, fuck, where do I start? All right, rehearsals. We had rehearsals this week, um, and I can now say that everybody's blocked. Um, everybody knows all the blocking, what they got to do. So everybody sorted all the, we had about, I think nine hours in total of rehearsals, um, literally down the road from where we would be shooting, which was cool. Um, because dad, um, his job is like managing like a bunch of buildings everywhere and tenants and shit like that. I saw the photos of you doing the rehearsals. It looked really cool where you yeah. did them. Right. It was like this ballet studio that was in one of the buildings that he had. Right. Um, so you could film there. Nah, because there was mirrors everywhere. Okay. Mirrors everywhere. And plus they're knocking it down right. like this week. So <laughs> we got in there just in time. Um, but yeah, it was um it was a really, really, really good two days of rehearsals and I couldn't have asked for, you know, anything to go better than it did. Like So could you tell us a little bit about what um entailed in these? Yeah, rehearsals? for sure, man. Um I didn't really know like going into what exactly we're going to do, um, but it turned into almost like this workshop and it was just fan-fucking-tastic and it's just like it adds to the way that I like to direct and, you know, stuff like that. I really, truly treat this as a big collaborative process and um, so what I did is, so in pre-production, I do this thing called the Judith Weston breakdown where I break down the scene and analyse it and you know, talk about the scene's intentions, the character's intentions, the, you know, the emotions and stuff that goes into it. So this is how I structured my sessions, right? So I did half the scenes on one day, then the other half on the other day. Um, and what I did is they came in and whatnot, like I had like food and shit like there for them. That's beside the point. Um, but they come in and what we start with is um, I talk them through the scene, the scene's intentions, um, what's actually happening in the scene. And then what I do is I go around the room to all of them and I get them to tell me their perspective of what their role is in the scene as their character, um, what their emotional intent is, what their physical intent is, just what 
their role is in the overall scene and they go into a massive spiel and it starts this big conversation between everybody and you know everybody finds links together and stuff and you know where's their head at where's their character's head at at this point in time and you know then i i i let them tell and then if i i have notes like i know what their character's intents and stuff is but i'll just let them go away with it and then i'll chime in if i need to they they all really understand their characters on a deep deep level Mm. which is really fucking fantastic so did you give them those details or they just sort of figured it out on their own and built their own story for the characters it's a mix of both because that's what we've done during the table read we really went deep into these characters um but also in like this is what's so important all these preparation like even when i was doing the one-on-one meetings with them like we'll talk about the character and stuff and you know i more or less put them on the right path but i like to let them do most of the research and not research but like deep diving because you know nobody knows the characters better than the people that are playing them Mm -hmm. i can only write what you know my vision is and from my understanding and they come in and they just add layers upon layers onto us fucking amazing and um it's really truly a mix of both i would say it's a big 50 50 split down the middle where they come up with an understanding of their characters as well as i do as well um but yeah we do that and after like i would say maybe half an hour of discussion or whatnot we then get into blocking and then just the little fucking intricacies and little hidden gems that we find like we changed a lot like not even changed a lot but we just every little decision every little movement every little thing has an intent behind it and um things that maybe the audience won't even notice um you know and sometimes that's 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 what makes it good is um, so much of good filmmaking is invisible to the audience yeah dude and like i get chills thinking about just some of the shit that we come up with like about it like for example the fucking the scene that opens the film over black we did so much talking in depth about that i had it written like that has changed so many times and we've finally reached a point now where we're happy with it and like that in itself has kind of this three point structure and how you know just uh, it's hard to explain on how that is like structured and what entails into the emotions and stuff that the characters are going through um just like yeah and i i i also put it out there at the very start that what i have written is a is a mere guide right and i'm like every single one of the actors i am completely 100 percent open if you have a better idea if you want to add to something, if you feel like you need to change something, let's talk about it, right? And I am 100% happy and those cause massive discussions with things and the actors are talking back and forth with each other and talking to me why and they would pitch new ideas to me on why this should be this and some of the like ideas and stuff were just fantastic and you know, some some directors are very like stuck in their way and like we are doing it this way. Sure, that works for some people. For me, I really dive deep into the collaborative process where it's like, you know the characters as well as I do. You should have a say. And I truly, truly believe that this 100% adds to the camaraderie on set, but also the performance. Because if the actors feel like they have a say in the story, they will care more about how this film turns out if you're hiring someone right and you're paying them and they're doing it for money or whatever sometimes they can go okay i'm doing this for money like that's all i care about is the money i'm going to do this gig get out of there but if you invite the, the actors in to be a part of this film and truly like 
not make them believe because they are, but truly make them believe they are a part of this film and have a say in making this film great, then that will up their performances a shit ton. And like I can 100% positively say all of these actors have had an input one way or another on their characters, a piece of the story, a piece of the blocking. And, um, you know, that wouldn't have been done if I hadn't have structured it the way that I had with the one-on-one meetings, with the table reads, with these two rehearsals, the two rehearsals, which we'll have next month, not rehearsals, but I'll get into that. Um, but yeah. And then, yeah, it was just blocking for the rest. And we did it until we felt like we got it right. And I recorded all the rehearsals and, um, yeah, and um, made made once we got it right, I made them them do it a couple more times, and just to cement it basically, um, and yeah, we blocked through all all of the all of the scenes, um, all the actors know what they got to do, and um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so those were the rehearsals this week, um, and I couldn't be more excited and confident in my actors. If I'm confident about at least one uh, aspect of the film, it's definitely the actors, um, and how they're going to act and um yeah they're all sorted already but uh yeah what else did i do i had um another recce this week with connor and mariah our um cinematographer production designer um and we went and visited the ballroom that we're f- uh that we're filming in we went and visited the church that we're filming in um heaps of stuff that we sorted when we were there for example in the ballroom one of the big problems probably the biggest problem right now which we still have to figure out before set is they have massive windows that go way up uh above uh i would say outside of there the outside of the bella vista times out of five by about three um so we're going to have to black out and they have 10 windows two three so we're getting yeah we are trying to think of how the fuck we're going to do that that's the biggest problem with it at the moment so we're thinking of um we're not thinking of we're definitely we're draping curtains and shit to cover Mm. the lights so it's just about finding curtains at the moment or things that are big enough to cover that but that's again not my problem at the moment (laughs) um i'm just fingers crossed i know it'll be sort of mariah's amazing so that's probably the biggest problem at the moment um the only problem, to be fair, or yeah, the real the only problem. The tent's still being made. Um, the exterior of the church is fantastic as it, for the exterior for the mansion. Um, we're just trying to find a good time of day in which we could do it. We we're going to film there at four o'clock in the afternoon because that's when we went there and it was perfect golden hour. The sun was providing amazing backlight. But now we're like, oh shit, we can't do that because there's it's parent pickup at that time and we can't cut it off and it's going to be cars and noise and everything everywhere so yeah. it's going to be a pain in the ass so we're thinking of doing it maybe sunset but we got to go visit it at sunset sorry sunrise and see if the sun's still nice we'll be on the other side of the sky but we'll see if it's um we'll see if it's still good but um yep so that recce was good we got a lot done jay has still been following us around he didn't go to the second um recce but he was sorry the second rehearsal but he was there for the first rehearsals mm-hmm. and the first recce and the behind the scenes doco is coming on quite nicely Sweet. he's there like interviewing me on the way home like when i'm driving and yeah. stuff like that oh, so he's getting he's super i haven't seen him this excited oh. about something in ages oh, amazing. so um yeah i'm really excited about that and he's gonna just continue to come to all these things and it's cool to have him by my side you know so i'm not kind of alone like i'm not alone i'm there with like connor and mariah and stuff like that but to have somebody close yeah you know going through all this shit like he is so funny like me and mariah were just sitting there when we're like thinking of 
like how we're gonna like black out these like windows right and um where they're just like stressing and like you can see it in our faces and jay's there just shoving the fucking camera yeah. in front of us he's like i fucking love this and me yeah. and mariah are like fuck what are we gonna do what are we gonna do anyways that's was, what you <laughs> want to capture though yeah exactly drama. there was like a time where jay was like on connor as well and connor's like about to talk shit about something or other and he's like turn that fucking off before i yeah. say this um but yeah jay's loving it and um i'm loving having him there so we're still trying to find this last location for the garden we've applied for Parramatta park um there's some rose garden in there which is really nice so we're waiting to hear back from them fingers crossed it goes well um i had about two meetings this week with the first ad the cinematographer, production, like Lexi, all together. Like we did one in person, then one, like, so we did one online before the recce and then one in person after the recce. Mm -hmm. And um, Lucas has given me a rough schedule already, which is fantastic. We're like a month out. So um, we're just going to keep chipping away at like things and stuff. And it really now depends on, we just got to look in this last location that he will start looking in like these days and like what we're going to do. And I said, the shot lists will probably change because what my plan is, is in May to hold basically what I did this week and do like half one day, half the scenes the other day, get all the actors back, but on these days. So now they know all they're blocking. Right, but I'm going to get them back for two more days. And on these days, what we're going to do is me and Connor are going to be there and we're basically going to shoot the whole shot list, um, see what we can combine, see what we don't need. And we're going to shoot the shot list with all the actors while they're doing their blocking so we know what we're going to shoot, how we're going to shoot it so there's no surprises on the day. Then also on that day, bring Lauren along to do costume fitting and promo photos and shit like that. Yeah. So hopefully that's um, that will all work out. i got to sort that out towards the end of the week on um, how... Um. Oh yeah, on on like what days I'm gonna do it and when everybody's available and shit like that, which is really good. Um, I've started locking in extras and stuff like that. I think we've decided we're gonna need around forty extras for the ballroom, um, which gives us like five each table and stuff like that, and waiters and stuff like that. So, forty people in the ballroom and then fifteen in the hallway. Um which is better than what I thought. So I've started to like slowly crack down on that on Star Now. And Have um, you got multiple ADs on board yet? Um, uh, Not yet. Lucas is sorting to okay. find me a second yeah, okay, at yeah. the moment. But yeah, he's checking in. I need one ASAP yeah. because I need, I don't want to be concentrating on the extras, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like getting all their emails and stuff. And I think what on Star Now, if you... um. You can redo your listing and it puts it at the front of the pack. So I might yep. do that a couple of times and I'm mm -hmm. confident by the end of, um, by shooting time, we're going to have enough access, which is good. Um, and because now we're planning on doing, um, we found a way and this was my idea, which I had in the Pope's Exorcist. I was like, okay, <laughs> instead of, because the hallway scene was, it's it's in the same location as the ballroom and the hallway is going to be a bigger job. Yeah. Um, we every, we were going to try smashing out the whole ballroom in on that one day, on the Tuesday, and then rehearse the night before because we can have time at night. But had an idea. There's one scene of that ballroom, one because I've split it into three parts because it's such a big scene, say like eight pages or whatnot, um, where there's one part that doesn't need extras in it and we're going to film that the night before, which means there's less to do on that day. Mm -hmm. So that was my idea with that, and um, it's really good. Yeah, like I said, we're doing two things this week, uh, sorry, this month, um, leading up to the fact that two uh, shot list sessions. Um, 
bought hard drives yesterday for yourself. I got two two terabyte SSD Samsung hard drives because those were what I got recommended by Connor and Lockie because they're much faster. And then yeah. I got a four terabyte backup hard yeah, drive nice. for all of that. So all together three hard drives. Yeah. And thank you again for um, coming on as <laughs> Data Wrangler. I appreciate no that. Um, Persian singer, been in contact, basically got one locked down, just waiting oh, to perfect. hear back from her. She has like this debut album. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But let's use one of those songs for it. So oh, nice. just in contact with her, waiting to get the 100% thumbs up. We're filming, I think I told you, oh, maybe I didn't, we're filming on the Aria Alexa Mini, which is fucking fantastic. We're going to try to do a two-camera two, two camera setup for the ballroom scene. Um, so yep. two Aries because he has this like thing with his boss who used to work at Camera Hire and he, I don't know, he gets a dirt cheap, whatever. Um, order the tent material for the tent. Order like fucking $500 worth of hair scene cloth. There's Jay right there actually. Um, and um, <laughs> that's so funny. And we've also worked out parking or we're working out parking. Dad reckons he can get us a couple spots. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, in and around the ballroom. So that's really... He's doing two up today. That's why he's here. He's uh, like the person yep. that flips it. Anyways, that's me for progress. Do you want to quickly talk about the dependent variable? So the, sure. the dependent variable is... Um, oh fuck. The dependent variable is the part of the podcast that changes each week because just like in a science experiment, the dependent variable is the variable that changes. So this week, what are we talking about, Dan? We're talking about sequels that were better than the original movies. All right. Take it away, my friend. Okay, I'm going to start with a big one that everyone knows, The Dark Knight. Mm. And I believe <laughs> that you had some, some disagreement with me on this one, Josh. Oh, I, I, um, I, I, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would say it's better than Batman Begins. I still think The Dark Knight Rises is the best one out of that really? trilogy. What makes um, you say that? I'm just not a massive fan of The Dark Knight trilogy. Really? Overall. Why? I don't know, I think it's a bit overrated. I think Heath Ledger's performance is a bit overrated and really? they only gave him the Oscar because um uh. I don't know. He's I really like uh, it's a good performance but it's just like I prefer Joaquin Phoenix by far and I also That's prefer fair. Barry Keown's performance really? even though no. we've only seen a little bit of it. No, I, I don't, don't know, man. I don't know about Barry. Um, I just think it's really overhyped and overrated. Oh, I'm not going to get fucking enough, crucified. It, it does have a lot of praise. It's just like all the time. Like it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Heath Ledger's amazing, but like it's very overhyped. I'm sorry. That's just what I think about it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely the best of the trilogy though. And a lot of people put forward the argument. They're like, oh, well, without the Joker, it would be a mediocre movie. And it's like, yes, but he's literally the second most important character in that movie. Yeah. He's a huge element of it. Yeah, 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 so you can't sure. just say that without that, the movie wouldn't yeah. be as good, right? It's like saying, for example, oh, John Wick wouldn't be good if there weren't any action scenes in it. It's but like, it's like yeah, saying, you're right, yeah. but it does have the action scenes yeah. and that's why we love it. Like any movie that has a critical element that's really good and yeah. makes it good is the reason you go and watch it. So you can't... It's, it's like also saying Spider-Man No Way Home would be good with... It wouldn't be a good movie without Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And yeah. I actually 100% agree with that statement though. I, I do too, but it's like, yeah, that, that is... But the they're in there. In it, yeah, yeah so exactly. You can't change it. It's kind of invalid or redundant. Yeah, okay. fair enough. What else other than yeah. The Dark Knight? Um, what else did I have? Oh, you'll like this one. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I had that on mine as well. Yeah. Number two, yeah. fan-fucking-tastic. I was not a big fan of the first one. The Winter Soldier yeah. was just an all-time... The first one starts off really good, and then I don't like the second half. It just gets, you know, very montage yeah. Yeah, and sure, then it sure, just sure. sort of ends. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Once you start, like, getting into it, it just ends. Like, Red Skull wasn't a very good villain. He was in it for yeah. like, 10 minutes or something. Yep. 
Um, I, Winter Soldier is peak Marvel. Oh yeah, that's it's. I think it's my favorite MCU movie. Yeah, it's got the best tone, the best yeah. story in terms of like oh. the whole espionage Russo story. Brothers. Yep. You don't know like who to trust, kind of thing. The best mm-hmm. action choreography. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, pretty much. I think all the best Marvel movies are directed by the Russo brothers. They hundred percent. They know how to use their characters, yeah. how to utilize them in the story, hundred percent, and how to showcase their abilities the best. Like, and then, but Russo brothers outside of Marvel. Yeah, I, I do actually have to agree Yeah, sorry, Austin, you can't defend yourself yeah. right now. <laughs> but I always think of that fight on Titan in Infinity War. Yeah. Like, just, if you really yeah, break that down and, and look Insane. at how each, each hero yeah. uses their abilities and how it comes together in one cohesive action sequence, phenomenal filmmaking. Yep. I agree, yeah. 100%. Anything Very else? Um, so, third is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Have you seen it? Yep, I've seen all the... I love the Planet of the Ape movies. Yeah, yeah, So, I just... I feel like it just built on what Rise started and just, yeah, I don't know. I, I love the last one. Yeah, that's good too, but. What I is that called? Um, you got Dawn, Rise, Dawn, War, War, War of the, the Planet, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually a new one coming out soon, but I think that there is. season's filmed not in Australia. Be in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it just built, I think with, with these sequels that are better th- than the originals, uh-huh. the reoccurring theme is that, they take what the original had and sort of build on that premise, and yep. it, the premise comes to into its full. full sure, I guess. Yeah. 100%. Whereas like sequels that fail, it's like the first was something really good, and then they just try and replicate it, but it's not as good. Yeah. Yep. I would say the one exception to that is Twenty Two Jump Street because they yes. sort of copied the first, but it's yeah, just yeah, as yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then other than that, I said Terminator Two, which everyone knows. It's yep. just bigger, better. <laughs> Um, and then also The Hunger Games 2, which is... Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Do you like it? Yes. Yeah. I don't like the last one. That's fair, because it's quite different yeah. from the yeah, first yeah, two. Yeah. It's a little bit strange. A little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. I really like the first one. The second one's definitely, like, great. Yeah, because the first one... The first one's quite... I don't like the way it's shot. A lot of it's very handheld. You yeah, can't really yeah, see yeah. what's happening. It's a bit distracting. Yep. The second one... And the second book, right, isn't as good as the first book, because it's... A lot of repeated themes and stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of filler in it as well. Mm-hmm. But the movie, because it's condensed, they got rid of a lot of that filler. And it's really beautifully shot. And I think they just took the whole concept of um, Katniss not knowing who to trust throughout the yeah. games. And then the whole revelation that it turns out they're all trying to help that's her. A, that's a good shot. The way it comes together is, is really good and satisfying yeah. in the second film, I think. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's better than the first one. Fantastic. Yeah. And was that your list? That's it, yeah. Good stuff. All right, I'll start. Top Gun Maverick. Yep, yep. Fucking love that movie. I actually saw Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick on the same day for the very first time. Nice. So I got one after another. Don't get me wrong, I was actually blown away by the first Top Gun. Um, thought it was going to be shit, um, but it was it was ahead of its time, way ahead of its time for what it was. Mm-hmm. Maverick absolutely blew me away. That's cracked like my top 10 of all time. So I fucking love that movie. It's so simple, but so fucking good. Yeah. Um, 100% best. This one um, is a personal favourite of mine. Far From Home, Spider-Man. I wasn't Ooh, a big firm okay. fan of Homecoming when I first watched it. I've watched it again yeah. and I, I have a more better appreciation for it. But um, I really liked Far From Home with Jake Gyllenhaal. Not many people loved it. But that is a I, controversial take. I, I loved it. I fucking, I love that movie. I don't even know why it got so much hate about it. I thought, I mean, sure, you saw Jake Dylan. If you knew anything about Mysterio, you knew Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be the villain of the movie. But I just, I loved the locations that they went to. 
it has one of the best MCU scenes in it that I've ever seen. You know, when um, Mysterio gets in Spider-Man's own mind and he gets his own, yeah, own mind and cool. you see like that. It's that whole VFX sequence. It is actually uh, kind of underappreciated. It is. Film. I think now it's that underappreciated. I'm it, yeah. I think the reason a lot of people didn't like it is because the MCU started to get a bit muddy at that point. Sure. The stakes just weren't as high as they were before. And, and it's the whole thing of um, Spider-Man not really coming into his own yeah. and relying on other people until the third. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know, because that was after Endgame. So you saw the... Yeah, you the saw him like grieving Tony. Exactly. I thought, yeah, yeah. fantastic film. And it it's is like actually, yeah, like now that I'm actually thinking about the things that happen in it, it is yeah. actually, maybe I need to rewatch it. Yeah, him and Zendaya as well. That's when they come to their own. Um, yeah. uh, honorable mention, Avatar 2. I really yeah. liked Avatar 2 over the first one. Okay. Um, just, okay. I don't know. I, mean, I never really loved the first one, but the second one just blew me away i mean uh, four out of five i think i gave it but yeah anyways the one that i really wanted to touch on shrek 2 yeah i actually agree with dude that. Yeah. there is no better example than shrek 2 that sets a pelt, sets itself apart from its original that blows it fucking away and it's kind of I what i was it. saying before it takes that original premise and builds on it right like you get more of those fantasy characters yeah, you bro. get more of the goofiness yeah. and, and the fun that the hundred percent mate and it's just like every uh, bro that and that end sequence yeah I bro it, bro. i need so to hear it. it's yeah. just yeah and the gingerbread man and everything like that oh it's just fucking fantastic the fairy godmother one of my favorite parts in that movie which i'll always remember to this day is when they go through that that flying takeaway and they get that sandwich and bro i wanted to try that fucking sandwich so much growing up i'm like fuck that looks so good isn't it weird how you get really attached to things as a kid dude it's so little but it's like something that i remember it's like fuck man that sandwich looked so good um do you know what i'm talking about i can't remember the exact sandwich yeah i remember that whole (laughs) that whole sequence with the the takeaway bit yeah Yeah. that's funny as fantastic well yeah i think that's it for me as well that's it for you yeah happy to end it here let's do it good stuff all right what are we doing dan uh, we're putting a little bow on this episode. Yeah, we are. And uh, you guys can find us on the pre-production meeting on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Card... Cup, cup, Apple, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, <Car> Apple Car Park. <laughs> uh, wherever you can find your car parks, um, you'll find us there. And the pre-prod pod on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, shout out to India as well, who's um, dealing with all the social media. She's been on top of her game lately. We appreciate you. And Austin. Austin has a lot of stuff to talk about when he's next in. Um, his animation is taken off, so I'll leave that to him to explain. But until next time, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Peace out.